Hi everybody, I am Dr. Sophia Cottle and welcome to another episode of Sex and the Bull City. Hey there, yep, I'm Matt Kreiner here, licensed clinical social worker and psychotherapist here at our practice, Bull City Psychotherapy, coming to you from Durham, North Carolina. Yeah, we are so happy to be with y'all today. Thanks so much for listening. And today we're going to talk about what is EMDR. So EMDR stands for Eye Movement Desensitization Reprocessing. It's a big, long four words and a long acronym. But so what is EMDR? We thought that might be a helpful topic to start with today. Absolutely. I'm so excited about this topic. It is a life-changing psychotherapeutic modality, a a strategy, a technique that we use. Um, I have have literally seen it change people's lives right in front of me. It's the sort of thing that almost sounds too good to be true unless you've you've felt it. Um, I don't mind saying, you know, I went into the training and into my own experiences kind of skeptical about like, is it really as good as everybody's saying it is? Um, But it's a really special thing. I will say off the top, I kind of, I, I have beef with the name. I really wish we would have been a little more clever or a little more just maybe attractive in the naming of it all like that is what it is it's eye movement and it desensitizes things and it reprocesses things that's all that's all true but i get a lot of people whose eyes just kind of gloss over like what are we talking about like you're gonna what are we doing with my eyes like i thought we were gonna talk yeah what's happening yeah yeah so kind of a funny name but amazing amazing psychotherapy yeah it is it is a it is a funny name and um so one of the reasons why we're talking about this today is not just because Matt and I um, use it as one of our therapies, you know, with, with people that it's helpful um, with, with trauma and other, other issues, but we are in Durham, North Carolina, as, as Matt mentioned, and last month on April 10th, we had a major gas explosion in Durham, in our downtown, and it was, it was a major, major issue, definitely a really horrific trauma for many people and um, we just had our community was just really reeling and, and trying to come together and trying to heal and I've lived here in Durham all of my life I'm, I'm happy to say and and I just thought that hey here's this trauma treatment that we do and it would be great to offer it up to people and so um, one week after the gas explosion we had a free EMDR day here at Bull City and welcomed anyone to come um, of any of any capacity from any any other therapists um, clientele anyone who was was experiencing just negative emotions and potentially trauma um, from the gas explosion, we wanted to serve them and treat them with free EMDR. So that's that's something that we have just been sort of living through and experiencing and, and sharing with people in our community. And we thought it would be a really great thing to talk about with you what EMDR is. Yeah, and that's really one of the gifts of this this work in general and this and EMDR specifically is that it really, it is so effective for folks who are really struggling and, and it, we'll talk a lot about how it can touch a lot of different, help with a lot of different goals, but especially for an event like you just described where there was a big thing, a lot of people were, were affected negatively, were experiencing trauma symptoms as a result of this big scary thing. That's part of what EMDR is so very good for, is getting in there and providing healing to folks who are having trauma responses to whatever that thing was. And, and yeah, it was a real privilege to be able to 
to help some folks who were right here in our own, own hometown dealing with something like that. Yeah, it really was. I'm, I'm really grateful that um, Matt, Matt and I were able to do that. We had another therapist volunteer from the area and, and we were so happy to have her join us. And um, the thing is with EMDR and also with trauma, that for any trauma treatment, and we're just talking about EMDR for these purposes today, if we can get in and, and do the EMDR within 30 days, or at, at the worst case, within three months, then we can really prevent the trauma from staying stuck in the brain and really becoming part of that person's story and, and, and long-term memory um, that's gonna be a, a negative affect. Um, that they're sort of adding into their personhood, if that makes sense. So, so we were able to get in there within like a week and a half and really help the people that stopped by. And so um, that's just super important to understand is that anytime we're dealing with the brain, we have these windows of opportunity uh, for healing. And, and for EMDR, it's really 30 days, or again, it, it could be three months in some circumstances. For sure. So should we talk, I know for you and I, it's, it's easy, it just kind of rolls off the tongue doing EMDR, um, but should we talk a little bit more about kind of what it is and, and how and why it works? Yeah, I think that would be helpful. So um, I'm, I'll give my little brief understanding of what it is, and then if you have anything to add, definitely add Matt. But so um, in 1987, Francine Shapiro, who's the founder of EMDR, um, she developed this trauma treatment and it's similar to REM sleep. So in REM sleep, our eyes go back and forth very quickly, and that's how we actually process every day. So that's natural healing for the brain. It's also how the brain learns. It's how we retain information. That's just when the brain is really doing its work, um, is in REM sleep. And so um, in 1987, um, Dr. Shapiro realized that when our eyes can go back and forth, and, and later she also called that bilateral stimulation for the brain. When our eyes can go back and forth like that, and it used to be that I think there was just a light bar, and now we can also do EMDR with holding our hands and people following our hands with their eyes while their head is not, not moving. That can actually um, reduce distress. It can reduce negative beliefs, and the negative beliefs can actually be reframed and the physical arousal and sensations associated with the distress are also reduced. And so all of this happens in the limbic system of the brain, and that's what the eye movement exactly gets into is right there in the limbic system. So that's just sort of like a, a really quick recap um, in my mind of what EMDR is. What do you have to add, Matt? Absolutely. Yeah, the, the piece I would add to that is this idea of, of memory networks. So. I, our, our brains are just amazing, you know, they're the organ of the body that we just know the least about and it, it's just so incredible what our brains are capable of. And I, I think of it as like our brains are taking information all the time and our brains are so good at filtering out what we need to know. Like I think about as I was driving over here, I don't remember the makes and models of all the cars that were passing me. My brain saw them but it decided it didn't need to capture that stuff and lock it into a memory network. Right? So our brain is really effective at knowing what information it needs to filter and what information it needs to lock in a memory network. But sometimes memories get locked into a network in ways that don't serve us really well. So like in a trauma response example, it would be like, you know, I was maybe I was in a, a car accident um, and I, I'm really, 
my brain processed that memory and it's locked in in a way that's really not working for me today because every time I think about getting in my car, I start to have these panic sensations, what it was like to be in that accident. Now the reality is today I'm safe and that, that car is safe and I'm not in the accident anymore. But that memory network is getting lit up, right? That memory is, is stored in a way that's not working so well for me today. And what Dr. Piero figured, Shapiro figured out for us is that we can actually very intentionally do what happens during a really healthy REM sleep, which is we can light up that memory network, think about the memory, bilaterally stimulate the brain by moving our eyes back and forth, and then process that memory so that it's stored in a different way. It's kind of crazy when you think that we can have that much control over how memories are stored and change the way they're stored you know, while we're awake, but over and over again, it works. We watch it work here in our rooms, it's wild. Yeah, I'm so glad you added that. I mean, that's that's just that's so helpful for for us to understand about the memory networks and how that really all connects, and but really how that really plays out in our everyday life. Um, so EMDR is just so great for so many different kinds of life experiences and trauma. So now let's just move and talk a little bit about how can it be used. So what are some of the things that we can use EMDR for? Um, I'll maybe talk about reprocessing trauma and then um, Matt's probably going to talk a little bit about installing positive messages. Um, so we can use EMDR, a lot like we've already talked about, to reprocess trauma. And so that means it's not like we're saying you're never going to remember your trauma again. That's not at all the case. The case is, is that, yes, of course, we remember it, but it almost seems further away um, when we think about it. And, and we, al we always end up having a different understanding of the, the processing of the trauma. And so we end up having, it ends more on a positive message when we do the EMDR. And so we reprocess the trauma, we still remember it, but it's just, it's got a very different flavor. So let's say if we're talking about a car accident, um, if we don't have EMDR, it might be, sound something like this in our brain, in our self-talk. Oh my gosh, here comes a truck. Oh, I don't know what to do. This looks like the truck that hit me three years ago. Oh, I'm not sure what to do. Should I pull over? I don't know. Oh, yikes. So that's someone who has never had any kind of trauma treatment. EMDR, like if someone has some EMDR treatment, it might sound like this in their brain, in their self-talk. Oh, okay, I'm driving my car. There's a truck that looks like the one that hit me three years ago. I'm fine right now. The truck is where he or she needs to be. I'm where I need to be. Life is good, all is well. I'm just gonna keep doing what I know I need to be doing and drive down the road. So, you know, it's much less activated and it's much slower. There's, there's an opportunity for thinking rationally um, post EMDR. And we just have, a, we, we have a different understanding of, of the event also. Yeah, what I hear you talking about is the D in the MDR, it's the desensitization of it all. And um, I most often, when folks go through this process and this treatment, I almost always hear them say some version of, of the sentence, you know, it's just a thing that happened. It's just not that big a deal anymore. So we kind of track when someone comes in, like on a scale of zero to 10, maybe they come into treatment saying, when I think about this memory, I'm at a 10. I start to sweat, I start to panic, I get terrified, like it's as lit up as I get when I think about this. By the time we're done with this treatment, they're down at a zero or a one or a two where they end up saying, you know, I can think about the accident and, you know, it wasn't fun. That was painful. But 
it doesn't light me up when I think about it now, the way it did. It's, it's just a thing that happened, right? So there's no amnesia, like you said. We don't forget anything, um, but it's our brain just kind of gets the message that we're okay today. It doesn't need to light us up like it used to. Yeah, and what I heard you saying also, which I think was is really helpful, is that we can we can distinguish between the past and the present with EMDR. So we can remember the negative event that happened in the past, but also remember, hey, I'm actually not there. I'm here right now. I'm safe in this car or in my room or in my house. So that was in the past. This is the present. I'm okay today. Um, and so that's that's a biggie for how EMDR is, is really helpful and, and we'll talk more about in a few minutes about all the different topics that we, we actually can get into here with our work. But before we do that, Matt, I didn't know if you wanted to mention anything about the installing positive messages because I know you love that about EMDR. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I kind of think of it as, as once we get the process started, you know, there's kind of the, the D of it and the R of it. So there, there's the desensitization, like where we take that really scary experience and take it just way down as far as it be, becoming less activating for us. And then there's the reprocessing of, of okay, so how, how do I want to think about that past thing that happened? And, um, and that's kind of how we would take, you know, an old memory all the way through kind of from, from how much it's lighting me up to, um, you know, I can really get through my day very peacefully even if that memory comes up, right? That's, that's the EMDR process. But sometimes it can be really beneficial to just focus on what I think of as kind of the back end of the process, which sometimes we'll call resourcing or... Um, but basically, we the idea is um, let's pick pick a goal. You know, a, a, an example of something that somebody maybe there isn't necessarily a particularly traumatic experience they need to desensitize, but there is something they want to feel better about. There is something they want to be going better for them in the, in the future. So I think of one example that was that was really meaningful for for a client um, a while back, where you know there was nothing particularly traumatic to desensitize. But they got pretty uncomfortable in social situations, particularly when there was family stuff going on. And they had a big family wedding coming up, and they knew that they were gonna have to give a speech, and they were gonna have to you know, wear the dress, and dance, and be in front of people, and they were just like, oh, so much about this makes me cringe. So instead of kind of peeling back, you know, is there, are there events we need to go in and desensitize from a tra you know, traumatic processing standpoint, we said, you know, let's just think about that experience. Let's think about how you want this to go for you. And we went through this process of what we call sometimes installing the future template to say, okay, how do you want to feel, you know, when this happens? And what are the thoughts you want to be going through your head? And let's just walk through, you know, very, very powerfully, very intentionally, how you want this to go, what do you want to think, what do you want to feel, and we can apply similar techniques to that desensitization process where we're moving the eyes back and forth to bilaterally stimulate the brain, but instead of desensitizing networks, we're really firming up networks. Um, we're really installing this network of, you know what, I can do this. I can walk into that room and my heart rate can stay low and I can focus on just being there for my sister and enjoying that minute of, of you know, giving that toast or whatever. Or, or I can focus on, you know, my crazy uncle's gonna come up and say something silly and I can smile and, and say good to see ya and keep it moving. You know, it doesn't have to wreck me in that way. So that's just one example of something we can do to really, not only does EMDR help with desensitizing things, but it can also firm up memory networks that are really beneficial for us. Yeah, I love that. Um, 
that was such a great way that you explained that. And um, I, I also find this resourcing or installing positive messages so helpful to people in so many ways, um, really helpful around anxiety and depression. Um, and then let's just talk for a few minutes about how do we use EMDR here at Bull City Psychotherapy and Wellness? So, you know, anyone who knows us at all and has listened to anything that we talk about, we are a practice that specializes in sex addiction and sex therapy. And so, you know, how does any of this have anything to do with that? Um, actually, we use EMDR quite a bit here. Um, it can be used, oh my gosh, so many different ways. We'll start just talking about how we use it specifically for our addicts and our partners. So maybe I'll take addicts and you can take partners, Matt. So for addicts, um, you know, there's a reason why we become addicts. Usually it's, it's, that's our, that's our tool. That's our coping tool um, because we don't have other healthy coping tools. And specifically for our addicts, we typically have quite a bit of trauma that has happened um, early on in life, or it could be as a, as a young adult, where addiction has become the tool to numb out and cope and not feel the feelings associated with the trauma. And so that could be sex abuse, and maybe that's why somebody is a sex addict, but that certainly is not um, always. Um, it could be some kind of other physical abuse, or it could be just trauma, which is benign neglect is also trauma. Um, I mean, anything really the brain can turn into perceived as trauma, or it can be you know, big T trauma or little t trauma. Um, regardless of, of what the issues are that, that an addict may not want to feel and where it comes from, we can use EMDR to, um, to reprocess and desensitize that so that, so that the, the addict is able to really you know, dig deep in recovery and get a solid foundation and learn how to have healthy coping skills instead of you know looking to addiction as as a coping mechanism so that's one way that we use emdr here is um with our with our addicts um and it's just it's super helpful yeah absolutely um you know you mentioned how it can fit into an addict's life i mean there are specific strategies within emdr to, to address like cravings mm-hmm. you know for different problem spots for different process or, or substance addictions. I mean, it's it's the sort of thing where, and like I said before, I don't mind owning that I went in kind of skeptical of like, how is this thing really effective, you know? Um, but it is, and it's effective for so many different things. One of the ways I see it being helpful for, for people who identify as, as partners of sex addicts in, in this experience, um, you know, we, we use the term betrayal trauma. I mean, and it, it really fits for a handful of reasons. One, some, most folks who, who experience what is a typical experience to be to love somebody who is a sex addict, um, it, most folks are going to meet criteria shortly after kind of a big dramatic discovery of the addiction or the acting out. Um, they're going to meet most of the criteria we look for for post-traumatic stress. Um, so it, it's right to acknowledge this as a traumatic experience. So that makes EMDR a perfect fit for those goals. Um, but there's also th- things like that are kind of a little more maybe behavioral in nature. Like I think of a pretty common example. Like um, let's say the, the partner found uh, something on, on their, their person's cell phone, right? Some, some sexually acting out, you know, some sex message, uh, sexting or, or explicit images or whatever it is. 
that phone can now represent, you know, the the thing, the 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 problem spot, the conduit to all this pain um, that the partner has experienced, or or you know, the device that the the addict used to initiate the acting out, or whatever it is. I've treated a handful of folks for issues around cell phones, right? Whether it's just you know, I'm so worried that's where my partner is, is hiding and trying to deceive and betray me. Like that's where the next big round of pain is going to come from, or even like. You know, just their minds can just go anywhere to when the phone rings. Oh my God, what is it going to be? Is it going to be, you know, him on the other line telling me another devastating message or something? So, um, for partners, it can be an experience where we really just need to desensitize the way um, these memories have been stored. You know, that that big dramatic discovery day. Maybe they were in, uh, you know, a, a grocery store when when they, you know, got the call or whatever, and now they have trouble going to grocery stores. I mean. The, it's really hard to predict how the brain is going to trap a memory in a problematic way, but EMDR can be so very effective at just desensitizing that experience to say, cell phones aren't the enemy here. Every time you get a text message, you, your heart rate doesn't need to just go through the roof and, and just spark this panic response. Like, it's okay, you're safe today, what happened was awful. Let's, let's, let's do the work we need to do around that, but we really can desensitize these uh, trauma responses to whatever the trigger ends up being. Yeah, I think that that is so true. Um, I mean, it's EMDR is so helpful when working with partners. Um, it's just really, it's just, it's just so great. And um, you know, just to mention also that it is an alternative therapy. So there's talk therapy, and and I've been a therapist. A little bit longer than Matt and right. so a lot longer and I have really only done talk therapy lots of different great talk therapies so I was still a very effective therapist but when I added EMDR um, to my toolbox man I really saw people just changing in leaps and bounds and the whole way that I relate with people in therapy um, is very different now that just EMDR got added to my toolbox. So, I mean, it's like I can't say enough how wildly effective it is for most people. Um, so that's sort of how we, anything else you want to add about sex addiction, Matt? Um, no, not specifically about, about sex addiction. That's that's a common experience, just that there are, it's, it's, almost a 10 out of 10 I think for me mm -hmm. when we think about addicts or partners coming through our practice it's it's almost always a, a when not an if do we need to bring in some EMDR I would say yeah and um, and it's and luckily you know we are at a practice not everyone does EMDR but even our colleagues and friends who who are not EMDR trained as of yet know when to refer to us and they can still keep their clients and that's actually another really interesting thing to mention is that um, clients can go see someone just for EMDR but still have their therapist like that they're still seeing or you know they don't have to leave a therapist so EMDR is it is a short term it can be a quick brief therapy that's very effective and so if someone is in a situation where they have a therapist that they really love and that therapist doesn't do EMDR but they have some stuff they want to kind of go clean up with EMDR you can keep your therapist and just go find someone who does EMDR and just, you know, have both for a little while and stick with your person that you love. Absolutely. Very common experience that five or ten sessions, there's this thing that's just just dragging me down, getting in my way. I need this to change. Boom, EMDR is perfect for something like that. 
Yeah, absolutely. And so um, I just want to talk for just a minute. So we also do sex therapy here at Bull City and EMDR can be pretty helpful with that as well. So, um, you know, let's say we have a couple who's already been through, done a lot of great recovery work with sex addiction and um, trauma betrayal and really have done some great work and they're, they're moving down their path together as a couple. So it's time to really start um, thinking about how are we gonna do some, some great intimacy and bonding work. Well, that's pretty uncomfortable for people who have hurt each other really badly, you know, experienced trauma, um, you know, there's been a lot of pain, um, maybe people are feeling like, well, I haven't really been attracted to this person so long, and you know, there's a lot of negativity, negative baggage that, that a couple is gonna have usually oftentimes um, when we're working with moving towards intimacy. And so just like we've talked about before already in this podcast, EMDR is great for installing positive messages, for working through our negative um, self-talk about someone or about our self-worth in regards to intimacy. So we can do all kinds of things with EMDR. We can um, affect people being more comfortable um, with their bodies with EMDR. We can affect people being more comfortable with their partner with EMDR. Um, we can certainly get, you know, do some reprocessing and desensitization when it comes to dealing with more shame um, that's, that is probably going to be um, um, felt when we're getting into this intimacy work. It's just a different kind of shame. Um, so it's super helpful when we're getting into sex therapy also. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's, just, there's just so many parts of our life where a memory has been stored in a way that is just not working really well for us. And whether it, it has to do with issues of like self-worth or safety or the way we interact with other people or an old you know, traumatic memory, um, EMDR is just so effective at getting in there and, and helping us process things differently. Again, it's not like, you know, hypnosis where, you know, somebody snaps their fingers and something funny happens. Like yeah. it's not, there's no amnesia involved. Yeah. It just helps the brain do what maybe it couldn't do that day, which is help us store the memory in a way that, that was really more adaptive for us. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the way I think about it is it helps the brain get unstuck yeah. and, and, and take a different path and reframe and, and try something different where we haven't been able to try anything different in so long. So um, anyway, I think that we're just about done talking about EMDR. I hope that y'all have found this helpful and we've tried to give kind of a good snapshot of, of all the different ways um, we can use EMDR. Yeah, I'm gonna pop in and just finish on, on one final uh -huh. note. That's something that I, I like to own. Maybe it's just me, but I, I've heard other people kind of share a similar idea, which is like, this is kind of weird, isn't it? Like, like you gave some voice to, you know, this is not the most traditional type of, of talk therapy out there. Um, you know, for when you're in the room doing it, for part of it, you're just, you're following somebody's fingers or you're following a light on a bar back and forth, you know, while you're thinking about something like, that's kind of unusual. Right, so I like to make to make some space and just own that. That this might feel a little different. This might um, be presented to you a little differently. Um, but I don't mind saying I was skeptical going in. I thought it was kind of silly, kind of gimmicky when I was learning about it in grad school. But once I really took the training, I'm happy to say I've been through it on both sides of the room. I've been a, a client of EMDR. I've been a practitioner of EMDR, and it just works. And folks don't have to take our word for it there have at this point we're so fortunate dr shapiro was doing her initial research and 
the late 80s, right? Um, and so we've got decades of research now where repeatable, you know, uh, random control trials where the, the results are just the same and the same each time. Um, it's got the highest uh, standard of rating of therapies from the American Psychological Association, the Department of Veterans Affairs, the World Health Organization. I mean, this can, and I say all that to, to legitimize it because Honestly, I, I've, I've known folks who said it's kind of scary. You know, what? why are you asking me to follow your fingers? Like, why are we talking about my eyes? Like, I came yeah. in to talk about something else. Um, so, yes, it's a little weird, right? But it absolutely yeah. works. It can change your life. Yeah, it's definitely, I mean, it's definitely something that people get used to. And um, and like Matt, I've, I've also had EMDR myself in regards to um, my first marriage and that breakup. And it was wildly helpful. Um, so I was so for, I'm fortunate to be able to, you know, be able to really see the effectiveness um, from being a, a clinician and a client. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to add is um, this will be our, our last comment is, you know, again, we can talk about trauma for years, honestly, and really nothing's going to change. Um, it's great to know where our trauma comes from. Super helpful to have that understanding. But at the end of the day, it's not going to actually change much, if anything, in the brain for most people that I've ever worked with or for myself. And I've been doing this for over 20 years. So it really has not been before I started using EMDR that I actually saw um, people start making movement. And, um, and their life changing around the trauma. Getting unstuck. Yeah, yeah. Okay, everybody, thanks so much for listening, and we will look forward to seeing you again soon. Take care. Bye.